Please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts help us to live and love like you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Did you have one of those movies growing up that you had to watch time and time and time again? I'm sure that most people did. Mine was Oliver and Company. Um, And now I love it that my kids love these old movies as well. But for my little sister, it was The Wizard of Oz. She watched it so many times that she could be sitting playing with her toys while while Wizard of Oz was on in the background, and she would be saying every single word that they were speaking. I think it was for three years straight on Halloween, she dressed up as Dorothy. We had a lot of Wizard of Oz in our house. If I were to ask you for one of your favorite scenes from that movie, what would come to mind, right? The flying monkeys or the melting witch, the lollipop guild, a singing scarecrow, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. But for me, it's the scene near the end of the movie when Dorothy and her friends get get to the castle of Oz and they're speaking to the wizard of Oz. Next thing you know, Toto, her little dog, pulls back the curtain and reveals that the previously fear-inducing wizard of Oz is in truth just a frightened, insecure man who at that very moment begs Dorothy and her companions to pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Today in our gospel, Jesus has pulled back the curtain, but it isn't a frightened, insecure man who says, pay no attention, but instead the God of the universe that reveals to Peter, James, and John who his son is and that they are to listen to him. It's a beautiful yet strange story because it's right in the middle of the book of Mark between Jesus's baptism and Jesus's resurrection. 
And it's the first time that Jesus truly and definitely lets his disciples see behind the curtain. Everything has the potential to be more than it seems now. It is there that Moses and Elijah show up to share this mountaintop moment with Jesus. But it's important that we know what comes right before this text for this transfiguration story. The scene comes right after Jesus gives several teachings about life and death. They leave the disciples pretty confused. And Peter, who verses earlier had called Jesus the Messiah, tries to tell Jesus that he's wrong, that there's not going to be suffering or death or rising from the dead. And, P- and Jesus says back to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Then Jesus calls the crowd to join the disciples, and he teaches that his followers must say no to themselves and be willing to lose their lives on account of Jesus because of the good news he brings. If any want to become my follower, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Finally, he says that some of the people standing there will not die before they see the kingdom of God arrive in power. Now, If you remember back to our careful look at the first chapter of Mark, you will know that this transformative good news that Jesus is talking about actually was proclaimed in the first chapter of Mark before beginning his public ministry. Remember, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee announcing God's good news, saying, now is the time, here comes God's kingdom Change your hearts and lives and trust this good news. Jesus explains to his disciples right before the transfiguration that this good news could cause you to lose your life. But if you lose your life, for this reason, it will also be saved, right? Pretty confusing for these early disciples. Could it be that Jesus is telling his disciples about their own transfiguration that will happen. A life both lost and yet not lost at the same time. The old life is gone, but the new life has arrived. It's less about having regret for past actions and agreeing with certain ideas about God, and it's more about turning your life around, changing your heart from within. There's some, kind, there's some kind of life that needs to be surrendered if there's going to be a transformed life inside each and every one of us. The transfiguration of Jesus happened six days after these teachings, and he takes Peter, James, and John as his witness They're terrified and they're confused when they see Moses and Elijah and Jesus all together. Peter, who had recently questioned Jesus about the necessity of dying and rising, tries to nail down this moment. He doesn't want to leave to figure out what Jesus was talking about, about suffering, about dying, and about rising. It reminds me of a quote 
when a system doesn't know what to do, it does what it knows. Peter doesn't know what to do and how to respond to this mystical mountaintop experience. He's afraid, right along with James and John. Not understanding what's happening, Peter does what he knows. Well, let's just stay right here. We don't have to change. We don't have to walk towards suffering, death, and resurrection. We don't have to leave. It feels good to be right here on this mountaintop in the presence of the Lord. But after this moment of dazzling white clothing, a cloud overshadows them. And in this cloud of unknowing, they finally hear God's voice. This moment in the shadows changes everything. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they see things a little bit differently. That curtain finally and clearly has been removed. Science teachers never tire of the moment when a child first looks into a microscope. What up until that point was just a single speck of dirt suddenly transforms and becomes full of patterns and colors, and it's interesting. The child will never look at things the same way again because everything, everything has the potential to be more than it seems. Well, the same thing happens in other places too, right? Telescopes transform the night sky into a world of awe and power. You realize just how small you are. Or a good actress can turn an insignificant line into this profound and moving statement of beauty and truth. As the disciples come down the mountain, they're still wondering, probably even more in the midst of what they just saw, what is this rising from the dead? They can't help but think back to the teaching, all who lose their lives by changing them, by turning them around, by repenting, will save their lives. This point of turning, something of our true self is discovered. We live into our calling as God's children. That is the beautiful and strange and wondrous thing about the transfiguration of Jesus. It reminds us that God allows us space to grow, to change. We don't have to have it all figured out. God is the one that will transform us. So do you have something that you wish you could change about yourself, but you don't feel you can? I promise you God is giving space to be changed, to be transformed, to pull back the curtain and find who you truly are as a child of God. You can first start by looking at Jesus, by listening to him and mimicking our lives around his. we got to know the stories of Jesus, and then we have to live out those stories in our lives as well. 
But the second thing to remember is that transformation happens through the work of God, but you have to believe that you can change. But even more important, you have to believe that other people can change too. We often say it, right? People can change. And I truly think that we believe that people can change until we don't, right? Jesus sees who we could be, and Jesus continues to push us towards that transformation always. This week I received an email about a TED Talk given by a woman in our own community, Shane Maynard. She tells her story of being labeled as a bad and troubled teen, getting into all the wrong things, having adults give her the talk at about every turn of her life, and how she turned her life around. But now she is also turning around the lives of other teenagers in this community. She is a teacher at Henderson High School right down the road, and she says, I'm going to talk about how the perception of being labeled troubled or bad fuels the cycle of harmful behavior, but instead, if we provide safe spaces for self-discovery, we can radically alter the outcome of a teenager's life before consequences become a heartbreaking reality. She goes on to explain how she teaches art and poetry to give teens the chance to open up. This allows them a safe space to help them feel empowered and then the change comes through that self-discovery. They are given the power to change the outcome of their life. She tells the story about a play that her and her students were able to write and perform right here in Salisbury about incarceration. One of the students was in a gang, and on the night of rehearsal at the theater, he came in beaten up because he was going to miss a gang meeting for the play rehearsal. He didn't want to end up like the play that they had just written, where a teen's life was ruined because of one life-changing mistake. But the most significant part of the story that she tells was what happened on the next night after the play, when one of his friends, another member of this gang, came up and asked how he could be involved in this. He would do whatever it takes, she said. He saw the transformation happen before his eyes, and because it was someone who was living the same life as him, he believed it was possible. He made the choice to change his outcome. We have to believe that we can change, but we also have to believe that the people around us can change as well. There are transformations, transfigurations happening all around us each and every day because everything has the potential to be more than it seems. Jesus's transfiguration gives us the hope and the courage to see past where we are now and help us imagine the future that God has intended for us. 
a world that God envisioned at the beginning of creation, it's not out of our reach. And when the world sees Christians acting with the grace of God, the compassion of Jesus, and the dedication of his disciples, they will see that they, too, can be transformed by this God because it's happening before their own eyes and because it's someone who is living the same life as they are, just like Jesus did for his disciples on the mountaintop. Amen.